You're listening to Create Your Own Story with Terrell Garnett. Good job. I'm back with another podcast. This is actually my first podcast of the new year, and I have a special guest, someone that I've been wanting to have on for forever. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself now, and please don't be modest. Oh, my God. Hey, everybody. It is Paula Campbell, B-Moore's first lady of R&B, voice of It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp, um, Neo's first artist, singer, songwriter, actress, um, and lover of all things beautiful. Yes. It's funny. I was just talking to somebody, a, a producer, one of my producer friends, yet. Yeah. Maybe it was this morning and I was saying I was going to have you on. And they're all, I was like, oh, yeah, Paula Campbell. And I was like, yeah, she's actually Neo's, uh, one of Neo's first artists. So it's cool that you say that. Um, I was literally, ha- I'm not going to play the song today, but I literally, this past week or two weeks, I've been having denial um, with you guys on repeat. I was like, this song was like, I don't know, before it's time in a sense. Like... <laughs> Um, like, so beautiful like, yeah and most of your records like i like from even from your first album i'm like those songs would go so hard right now like it's it's so crazy how we always do this every couple years or whatever where music just kind of goes back to how it was so i'm glad that we're going in that direction where r&b is going mm-hmm. back to being a, a main focus in uh mainstream music mm-hmm so I just want to get into some dialogue um, and just, well, first off, Happy New Year. How has the new year been for you? Uh, it's actually been pretty good. I was actually, um, I had just got over the flu. I had the flu for Christmas. Oh. And I literally hadn't had the flu since I was 15 years old. And last year, uh, well, not last year now, but 2021 Christmas, I had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> So Christmas hasn't been good to me, but um, yeah, I had the flu for Christmas, but I was over it by the 28th. And so New Year was pretty easy. I just chilled out, um, didn't really do any partying, just kind of like chilled out, reflect and just kind of spent some me time. I feel that. That's kind of what I did this past New Year's. I do that every year for New Year's. I'm not (laughs) the person that is going to go hang out or party or whatever because. Mm-hmm. It's become so dangerous. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, depending on... And it, you could be doing everything right and you never know what could happen. So I'm just like, let me just not go out on this day and just chill. Yeah. There's nothing for me out there. I don't really drink or any of that stuff anyways. So it, it always works out for me. So I just hang out with the family at the house. Nice. So just to get into some actual questions and stuff, um, I want to know what, what would you say that your self-worth my self-worth is honestly, anyone who knows me would probably, even if they didn't say this answer, if they heard it, they'd be like, yeah, it's my spirit. Like everything that I am, uh, I think people often look at, at the exterior of everybody. Like we see something and we forget to like look into their soul, not just their eyes, but take a moment to reflect on who this person is, like what their character is, what they contribute not just into the world and if they're an activist but 
when this person comes around, do they light up a room? Do they bring you joy? Like, do you feel their presence? So I think my self-worth is based on my, uh, my spirit and my ability to really add joy to anyone that I connect with. That's amazing. I've never, I've done this podcast for about three years and no one's ever said anything like that. So it's, it's amazing <laughs> to think, um, now I'm like reflecting, what, what is, what is my self-worth based on? Because <laughs> um, I always ask, and it's funny because I always ask people these questions, but I never reflect back on it for myself or anything. Um, I don't like to be interviewed or like that because I'm like, oh, what am I going to say? Um, but for me, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm a good person. I, I do feel that way. I feel that I've always been a, a cool person, but just growing it of age, I'm 34 now. Um, and just, I'm just like, I'm the shit. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. you gotta tell yourself that and, and, and really believe it. But I, I try to do certain things, like even just with how COVID was and how they, um, people stopped wearing the mask and everything you can, trying to go back to normal, but just in certain areas or depending on where I'm going, I'm like, I'm still going to wear a mask. Cause it's not for me. Like, I don't care, but yeah, there's older people who are going to be here. There's, you know, it's just certain things of, like, like that, like you just, just about being a good person. So I would say that that's what minds would be. Um, yeah. It matters like being rich in spirit. Like people forget about that. I personally believe that there is something of something beautiful about every person. And I mean, there are people that I strongly dislike strongly, <laughs> but I believe that there is something beautiful about every individual. I don't believe that God created um, people where there's not something in them that is good and something in them that is beautiful. There may be more evil or more darkness than good, but there is something that um, is available to be beautiful to some degree. No, I totally agree with that. Like, I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, well, e even people loved Hitler. And he, you know? So, I mean, there's got to be, so, like, even out of the worst people in the world, there's got to be at least one redeeming quality or something in somebody that, you know, is not 100% bad. I don't think that anybody's 100% evil. And then we have some bad people in this world. Yeah, we do. Um, we do. But you look at, like, if you look at celebrity, and I'm just going to say this, hopefully he never hears it because I don't feel like it. But, like, if you look at, like, 50 Cent, who I love, he's, like, my husband in my mind. But he, slam, like, mean, just unnecessarily. But everyone from the outside looking in, let me say that, from the, if you don't know him, I don't know him. I've yeah. never met him. Um, so it seems to be that way, but everyone I know that ever talks about 50, that does an interview about him, that knows him, talks about how awesome, how good he is, how he's a man of his word. So you just, you really never know. Yeah. He, that's very, very true. It's, and, th and that's kind of the whole thing of the podcast. I want people to get to know the other side of the, the person, the artist. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of times I remember, so I wanted, I was going to be on the real world. And I turned it down because I remember going to church and Niecy Nash happened to be speaking at the church at the time. And she was saying that, like, just sometimes to be famous or to be a name in the world that you want to be, like, you have to um, sacrifice certain things. And mm -hmm. at, at what cost? And me knowing that if I'm going to be on the real world and I'm going to take advantage of this, I need to act a fool. And that's not who I want to be portrayed as, as a person. 
Um, and so I'm just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Like, um, I don't know. If, I don't, I don't, I don't regret it. I don't regret anything that I've done or didn't do, but I, I know that my life would be a completely different. However, you know, who's to say if it would have been better or would have been worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that I didn't want to put on that persona for so long. Um, and I've met people that I'm just like, oh, you're way different than I thought that you were because of what I seen on TV or seen in the tabloids or whatever. So you really just never, you never know. But sometimes you have to put on a persona just to to make money. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, it is viewed that way. And oftentimes, you know, if you want to make the bigger amounts, you want to be the A, B list artist um, or celebrity um, whatever, uh, then you, you do that so that you can be the most known, you know what I mean? It's like good girls finish last, but at the end of the day, are you really good if, if you allow a celebrity or an opportunity to taint who you are as an individual? Um, and so for me, I think, you know, like trust and believe there is a dark side. There's a side. I'm from Baltimore City, and that's my disclaimer. I'll just leave it right there. I'm from West Baltimore City. City. And I mean city, city. So, so you know, like, there are different sides of me, but um, that is not who I ascribe to. Like, you know, as you are younger and you're growing up and you have this temperament and this is what you are and this is what you're supposed to be and this is how people view you and we forget to really look within ourselves and say, well, who am I? And it really takes a, a while. Like, you don't find that out when you're in your teens, your early 20s. Like, it just doesn't come as you start evolving and understanding that, you know, wow, like, I bought... I, I remember I I bought a whole BMW because some chick that got deported. Like when I after I bought it and I went back to the gym so I could show her like <laughs> I got like I'm good. She got deported back to Jamaica, um, and never even got to see my my Beamer that I bought because she's like, well, because I had a Maxima, but I was traveling so much then, and a celebrity friend of mine told me it was like, Paula, you don't really need to like buy all this, get the big house. You're not there. You're not here in this big house. You're wasting money. You don't need to get the car. You're not even driving it. Like when you settle, you'll have time to do that. But do what makes sense for you. But when people are antagonizing you, like, oh, well, you look like you got this and you seem like you're supposed to have this. And I remember I bought that car. And when I got back to the gym, I won't say who she was, whatever. And I was just like, oh, where's such and such? It's like, girl, she got deported, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't spend a lot of money. (laughs) Just to show off. I didn't spend a whole lot of money, ma'am. And you will, I'll never see you again in my life. And I think that was my first, like, real big lesson. And I ain't even, like, I was cool with my Maxima. Yeah. Like, I was cool. And I didn't even trade it in. I gave it away because I wanted to keep it real. You know what I mean? So it was like, so it's not like I got anything extra. But I did all of these things so people could view me a certain way as opposed to just doing what made sense to Paula and being the best version of myself for myself first. Yeah. I think, do you think, 
because I've had this conversation, similar conversations with people, and I think that a lot of this, sometimes it's like a, a black thing. And I say that because of, like, growing up, uh, sometimes a lot of us have grown up in, you know, I don't want to say poverty, but, like, you know, not bad, yeah, we lack a little certain things that we want to show off. Like, so, for instance, like, for an example, I remember going to high school, and I could not wear sweats because my mom was like, I don't want them thinking I don't take care of you. Like, you need to dress a certain way because we're always trying to keep up appearances or something. And that's just something I feel like that happens in a lot of black households that we mm-hmm. want to make the white man or, the, you know, the man think that we have more than we have. And I think that that's just a stigma that we've grown up with, like, in society that we've taken on. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong if you don't if, – think that but i feel like a lot of these rappers are getting all this jewelry because that's just the look that you want to be i definitely i definitely agree to an extent i mean if you think about our heritage like we were king and queens and we are attracted to big things and mansions and gold and diamonds like that is us that's how our people are big we are huge so i don't think that every time you see the jewelry every time you see the big house big cars that's what that means but i do think um, the way that some of us do spending, you know, like we'll buy a big car and all of this jewelry, but we don't have a home. Like we can fix our credit, but our credit is still, um, horrible. We're not looking into things and investment to create generational wealth. So I think the mentality of living uh, an impoverished or a, a, a life of lack, and I, I can say that I came from a background of lack, like, we had I was happy. I said this in another interview. I used to be happy to go over my friend's house because their parents had dinner. And I'm like, can I stay? Because I was hungry. No, really though. So people don't really want to admit that, but like that's the truth. And I've been so blessed to to come from that little girl from White Lock Street who thought I would never see outside of Baltimore City. I used to think that I would die by the age of 25. And I was good with that. Like I was like, oh, I'd probably be dead by like 25. That's cool. Like, cause after that, then I'm probably old. So like, that was my reality, literally. And that's not just a Paula thing. Like that's a lot of little girls yeah. in inner cities and urban cities or urban inner cities. And, you know, for me, I'm going to say in Baltimore city, I know little girls with that story still. So I think that our mentality um, can be so small minded that we think about just okay, well, I want to do this for show and not that I need to do this for the long run. When I'm not here, it's like the Hiltons, you know, like Paris Hilton has a legacy off of her, like great, 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 great grandfather. Like they were establishing that so long ago. And so even if you don't know my name, know my children's, know my children's children and my children and not even know them, but let them be well off enough that, they're not struggling. They're not hungry and waiting to go over their friend's house, hoping that their parents cook so they could eat. Yeah. That's so, so true. Yeah. And I just think I've had that conversation with my mom. Like, why didn't you teach me any general wealth? Like, you know, and she's like, well, no one taught me. And it, it like, it literally stands. It's just because no one, we've always been starting from zero. So, and then I think that a lot of times too, we, we have this mindset. The only way to get out is if you get a record deal or you play sports. When there's so many other things that you can do. 
Yeah, that's not the truth at all. I mean, we are such an, an intelligent um, people. Uh, the unfortunate part is like news media is mostly white. And so they're going to give you the white news. They're not going to tell you about our inventors, our architects, our, the people, you know, like um, what's the movie? Like we didn't know that. Uh, what's her name? Mary. Uh, hidden figures. I forget her last her last name, but we didn't know that she did the calculations to put the man on a moon. Like if it wasn't for her, this black woman, she would not. You know, like it probably would have happened by now, but it wouldn't have happened then. They were incapable of doing it, so nobody wants to. And how long did it take before you even knew that? Yeah, you know what I mean. So. You know, I think that we are intelligent people, but we've been programmed to think that we're less than we and, and we're just and what I do appreciate about like Gen X millennials. Um, it's we're all in your face now. It's just like, no, I'm capable. No, I'm able. Yes, it's difficult. I'm going to keep trying. No, you're not better. Like, yeah. no, I can walk this. It's difficult, but I'm going to keep going. So I think we're just coming together as a people to understand like, no, we are great. And it's not a comparison of greater than, less than. I'm great because I'm great. I don't know what you don't know that. Exactly. Well, before I get into more dialogue, I do want to play one of your records. Um, and this record I'm going to play, um, I used to have on repeat all the time. And my mom used to be so irritated. This, oh my god. This is Ain't Okay, Monty, I said don't do that. <laughs> I will. Um, this is Ain't Nobody Stupid. Let's get into it. <laughs>
That was Ain't Nobody Stupid by Paula Campbell. Love that record. <laughs> Tell us a, a backstory about it, if you can. Well, actually, Neo wrote that um, that record. That complete. It was done before I did. A shout out to uh, Sauce Curtis Wilson, who uh, vocal produced me, and um, Chuck Harmony, who was the producer, and Neo, who was the writer. Um, the only thing that I changed is like the you know boy because he had girl nice try. It was almost like um, irreplaceable for Beyonce. Like so, like. He had some other people's name, but I said, you know, I was out with Tango and Carter and started drinking, tripping. All that I had was a Corona because um, Carter was our bodyguard. Rest his soul was Neo's. And then mine, of course, and Tango, who was still Neo's manager, was my manager at the time. So I just kind of threw their names in because we were always all together. <laughs> and um, I mean, it was such a beautiful record. And then I won that year with that song. It was the Glamour magazine, um, Next Emerging Artist. Sierra did the video, right? Sierra directed yeah. the video for Ain't Nobody Stupid. Yeah, and it was like, it was beautiful um, at the time. And I will say, like, I was just so afraid of everything that was coming. Like, people were like, oh, that's the hood, Beyonce. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> like, no, I'm Paula. Uh, not that that's not a compliment, but I'm yeah. not Beyonce. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be Beyonce. Like, I, I was, listen, I'm an original member of the Beehive. and probably a creator of the <laughs> Beehive. Okay. So, like, I guess my Beyonce on, but when you think about artistry, it's just like, I'm my own entity. Like, you can't be an artist trying to be another artist that is caring and thriving and, you know, like, yeah. so, um, it was just very scary for me and, I said earlier, like being a little girl from Baltimore City, um, really not believing that I would see anything beyond Baltimore City. It was scary. Like I felt every day I felt like I was dying. Literally, like I was in a panic. I could be in someone's face like this and I would be having a whole complete panic attack because I didn't know what to do with it. And people were talking to me like I'm just like this celebrity. And for me, I'm just like, <sighs> what are you talking about? Like, I have no clue. And they expect me to be a certain way or act a certain way or dress a certain way. And I just wanted to be me. And I really didn't have people who knew me, like knew Paula, um, that I could rely on to be present in that time. That's amazing. I've never heard any any artist say that. I've spoken to a lot of artists. I think the only person that I've heard say anything close to that was, was Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child. And they asked her, did she feel... Um, some type of way that she wasn't as popular as Beyonce or as big as Beyonce. And she said, no, because I can go to the grocery store, I can go to Walmart, I can go to go eat out in public, and I'm not swarmed by a whole bunch of people. I can still have a normal life. Um, and it's it's hard. It, it's, you usually don't see that. Like, I tell I live in California. So I was telling somebody the other day, and I was like, I've gone to, like, Atlanta or whatever, and, like, you'll see, like, celebrities just walking, like, nothing. I was like, it's just in, not just in California, but in California, Hollywood, they make people to be this big thing, and it's not the case. They, like, they put their their pants on the same way we do, like, you know. Um, really? But I've never heard anybody say that, that, like, that they were overwhelmed by success in a sense. Yeah, it was definitely for me in that time. 
it was overwhelming. And I think, you know, God gives things to people different ways because what goes up must come down. You know, like the celebrity that you have when you first come out, <laughs> like eventually that, you know, if you look at even the biggest artists, like you'll see like that because new artists come and, you know, the next generation and it happens that way. Um, I don't even know if I would have been able to deal with the ups and downs that would have come in that time with more celebrity. I don't know. Just imagine though, if social media was as big as it is now, then I would have been freaking huge. Yeah, no, definitely. You, you're. Yeah, it's just crazy to think about. Yeah. Um. So I have a question that I often ask people: Is how do you feel that you sabotage yourself? Hmm, doubt. Hmm. Doubt. And I, I don't know if I do that anymore, but um, maybe not doubt anymore. Procrastination. I'm, big, I'm a big procrastinator. <laughs> Let's say procrastination now. Not so much doubt anymore, but procrastination. So, it, well, speaking on doubt, did you used to doubt your ability or your talent? Or- yes. Yes. Like, so I, I don't, I didn't really grow up with a close knit family. And my mom always said that she didn't think I was that talented. So my voice would be like, like Ma, do you think I can sing? <laughs> do you think like, so it was always trying to prove something. So when people would say, oh, they used to call me Sparkle, like growing up when I was a little girl and I used to do talent shows 10, 11 years old, my stage name was Sparkle. And, um, they used to say like, oh my God, it's Sparkle singing, I'm coming. And and I used to be like, like, like you think I can sing? Like you, really? Like me? And so, but it was really, I wanted my, if my mother would have said it, then I would have believed it more. But because she said she didn't think I was that, like my great grandmother used to be like, I want her to go to Star Search. My mother used to be like, I don't think she's that good. <laughs> God damn, ma. Like, uh, <laughs> But, you know, so for me, I, I needed her to believe that I was that good. Like, not just my Gigi, like, not just on last. Like, I needed my mom to feel that. And because she didn't believe that or she said she didn't believe that, then um, it really, in my young little elementary school mind, um, literally, I sang in every uh, assembly from the kindergarten until I graduated high school every last one um and needing her to like say that is there needing her to be present and that would have made such a difference for me i believe so when did you when did you realize that like oh i can sing because you could sing you don't sing you sing um you know it was when i probably was about maybe 12 or 13, somewhere in middle school, between 11 and 13-ish. And I would just sing like Mariah Carey, Patti LaBelle, and Whitney Houston songs. And nobody else could sing them. And then so like the adults would be like, she's singing Vision of Love. She's singing Whitney. She's singing Somebody Loves You, Baby. And I'd be like, well, that's what I like. Yeah. Like, and what I realized were those were like, those are adult songs, like, and I was killing adults. So I was like, <laughs> 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 like, then I started kind of feeling like, oh, like, it's me and I can do this. Yeah. So I've been listening to you since your first album. And, oh, wow. and it's funny because my mom 
concert of last year. She's like, I am trying to get this song. She finally found it and bought it off of something. But um, oh, what song was it? I'm going to tell you right now because I have it on my phone. Um, I want to say it was Goodbye or it was Love Again. One of the two. One of the two. And but my favorite records. Yeah. I love both of them. Yeah, <laughs> like, Love Again was like, it meant so much to me because in that moment, I thought when I wrote that song, the person that I wrote it about, uh, I met every last word of Love Again. My girlfriend Pam actually wrote Goodbye with me, and that was just Goodbye and Sorry. Like, <laughs> I need to re release those. You definitely do. And um, like, put a compilation. But the song, I, I knew you could sing, but when I heard this rendition, and I'm going to play the record, because I was like, okay, this is a rendition, but Faith Evans can no longer sing this song. <laughs> like, <laughs> no shade to Faith, because Faith sing down. Oh, my, I know what you're talking about, and I hate it. You hate it? I hate it. How do you hate it? And I loved it when I did, because I love Faith so much. Uh -huh. But when I did it, I was like, and, and maybe it's because I'm such a Faith fan like i'm a fate like that's mother for me like today like i fake mother like i'm we're not gonna play with faith okay <laughs> my baby um but yeah like i was just like ill that i think you sang the mess out of that record so i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> the ending like just everything about it, like I, that's so surprising that you don't watch that you don't like it yeah well, then I won't play it. I got some other records I'm going to play, though. No, you can play it. I didn't like How Does It Feel. Like, really? me and Raleigh got into the biggest argument when he started playing How. It wasn't done. It was just literally, like, I pretty much freestyled it, to be completely honest. So I was supposed to go back and lay some harmonies, change the flat notes, because it literally, like, I, like tables turn, bridges burn. It was just like, just say something. And that's what I said. And so... Then the next day he was on, um, he was the DJ for the five o'clock ride at 92Q and he was playing it. And I heard it when I was on my way, like to meet him because he would go back home to the studio and then I could just meet him there and we can finish it. And he was playing it when I was on my way to, to fix it. And when I say I called the radio station, all types of beeps came out of it. I was so upset. And he said, he just trust me. Just trust me. And I was like, no, I don't trust you. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I was so mad. Still, biggest record to date. So, you know, he was right. I was wrong. Yeah, that's so crazy. It, it's funny when you, like, when I sit back and I talk to artists and they say that these records that everybody loves by them that they don't really care for. It's just so, like, huh. Um, I'm not an artist, so I don't know. Um, I was going to say something. What was I going to say? Um. Recently, I have been listening to I Can't Leave, and there's a, a line that I had to send it to my friend because I'm like, oh, she's going through this right now. Like, yeah, like she was going through this right now, and she was just like, I know this dude ain't good, and I know I can do better, but for some odd reason, she says that she just can't leave him, in a sense, and I'm just like, huh, and I happen to be listening to it. I'm like, this is exactly what we was just talking about the other day. Um, so you stay, I swear, like, you, you are an artist that puts out quality work, um, but a lot of it's not on the Apple Musics or the Spotify's, why, why, why is that? Um, well, 
if it was like, I don't know why we didn't do like, I can't, I had an issue with the producer. So we did, we did work with the producer and then the label, it was an indie label that I was signed to at the time. They didn't complete the paperwork. And then the producer kind of like had a whole conniption. Um, so it, we decided not to really use that anymore. Um, ain't nobody stupid. Actually, Tango decided to take that down because he wanted to re-release an entire album. And then I kind of just parted ways with them. Um, everything else is pretty much on me. I can't really give you a reason why. I think maybe, you know, not having a machine behind me after like Sony, because, well, I can't say all on me, like, uh, being signed to Columbia and thinking that the machine is going to do one thing and they do something different. So I have no control over that yeah. because they own the rights to that particular music. But then as an indie artist, um, feeling like, oh, the timing, the marketing isn't right. I don't have a big enough following. Like, you know, people aren't going to be reposting and doing that. So it's kind of going to be in vain. What's the point in putting out music if it's not going to touch other people? You know, so just excuses. Procrastination. There you go, back to procrastination. Well, you definitely need to release something. Um, I'm going to play a newer record that had me in a chokehold 2020, I believe it was, during the pandemic. Um, and you probably know that it's Girlfriend. I think the song is so amazing and needed uh, for just really young girls and just even adults. I feel like when it comes to love, it doesn't matter what age you are, you could still be in a certain, a bad situation and not realize it. And you can tell somebody like, oh, I've never been in this. And then you get into it. And sometimes you need your girlfriends to, to tell you. To, to tell you. Well, I'm glad you said that because we're actually, um, we're re-released or not re-released. We did a remix for Girlfriend and in the next month you'll, um, you'll hear it. We just kind of wanted to give it some more tempo and make it a little more appealing to like two step two. Yo, that's awesome. Yeah, I literally was like in my top five played, well, iTunes, Apple Music told me it was my top five played songs for the year 2020. Oh, wow. Thank um, you. So I appreciate I played, that. I played it out. Um, but I'm going to play it right now. This is Girlfriend by Paula Campbell. Wait, wait on the remix. Girl, you got to love you. No one could ever, ever love you the way that you can. Paula Campbell. Girlfriend, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you what I'm feeling inside. I can't, I can see through all that makeup, it's not enough to hide. The way you're feeling, the crazy things that you're doing, the cover up how you really feel for me.
before you uh, want to be someone who's adored okay because i've been one of them for the last two years <laughs> um, so have you never heard girlfriend before I've heard, well, what do you mean do you remember that? cisco had a group when drew hill was on he had a group called lover okay lover they did the song chinky is actually or she's shire she's from baltimore and so the producer was gerard b and nate mooring um they played it for me in like 99. Oh, wow. I've loved this song ever since and have wanted to redo it ever since. So, got Chinky's blessing and did it. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know. Then now I'd never. Well, they probably didn't sing yeah. it like you, no shade. Yeah. Like, she's really, for me, like, everybody's like, oh, Paula Campbell, when you think of Baltimore, for yeah. me, it was Chinky. Like, if she could do it, I could do it. She was in a group. Like, I used to love, love her so much like growing up like so it was kind of like oh i just like i love them so much and then she was the voice of that she was from baltimore like she had that grit and that edge and it was like if she can do it i can do it too that's amazing <clears throat> excuse me um so i do have a question this is like unrelated to what i was going to ask but i always wonder what happened to this so i remember you many years ago um, I don't know if you said it or if Little Mo said it, but there was supposed to be a remake to her song. Um, what is it? Uh, Mother of My Child. Mother of Your Child. We both said it because we did it. And that is so. You need to. You need to beat down um, Philip Bryant door because he has it. And when I say like we killed it. Because I, I love and, the original, so I'm like, oh, this is about to be. Oh crazy. my god. We killed it. I wanted that release so badly. I'm, you know what? When I get off the phone with you, I'm calling Phil. But you need to look for him. Okay. I think he's under I am or D. Philip Bryan because he's also a gospel singer. Okay. Beat down his door and say, "I need Paula Campbell, Little Mo's remix to Mother of Your Child." Yes. When I say it's amazing, 
it is freaking amazing. Okay, I'm definitely gonna do that because I've been waiting. It's been years. I remember, I remember you guys talking about it, and then nothing came, and I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Oh my! It was so amazing, and uh, and I mean, you know, like Mo's voice for me is just yes, everything. But like when I say we killed it, because if you in the studio with Lil Mo, like you can't just be like saying be like, okay, I gotta bring my, yeah. I gotta bring my A plus 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 game. Cause she ain't come to play with nobody, so it was so beautiful. Okay, well I'm definitely gonna hit up, hit up, um, hit them up about this record because the world needs to hear it, um, especially for the single mothers. Um, but what I was going to ask you is, um, what would you say your greatest strength is? Hmm, resilience. I don't defeat easy like. Even in defeat, like, I'm just going to get up and be like, man, come on, let's keep going. <laughs> it's like Harriet Tubman, like, come on, let's, we got to keep it moving. So, like, um, yeah, I, I actually wrote a memoir. I haven't released it yet um, called Relentless Resilience, but, um, and it's my memoir. So, uh, but, yeah, resilience is probably that. So when are you going to release that? I don't know. I actually wrote a screenplay or a movie based on it. And I had I've been talking to some people over the past few years uh, at Paramount Pictures, but haven't gotten a budget or they haven't purchased it, um, which in a way is a good thing. Um, the the screenplay, she won't tell. The book is Relentless Resilience. So they were like, Paul, I feel like this is a series. So then I started working on the series for it, which I'm in the process of doing now. So I don't know. I just, um, I don't want to release my story until it has like the proper push behind it. You know what I mean? The proper push doesn't necessarily mean like um, a mega publishing company or anything like that, but it needs to have the right visibility so that I can place it and like I, it can help somebody. Let's say that. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. And I, but I also wrote another book. I don't know if you know. It was called "It's a Relationship Book" because you like to talk about relationships. Yeah. Um, release is called "If He Wanted to Be There, He Would." Subtitle is Six Steps to Push." past the breakup and I released that in 2019 did pretty well like Amazon like a couple bookstores and stuff like that so yeah well I'm definitely gonna check that out I don't think I knew about that um yeah I don't I don't think I I might have but I don't remember so we're gonna say no I don't I don't think I knew about that um but well that's amazing I'm definitely gonna check that out because I I'm a certified life coach as well and I think that this pod so a podcast I never wanted to do a podcast never in a million years I never wanted to um I never thought about it I've always wanted a talk show um but it was just something that I said I, I just say oh like you know and I remember there's this video on YouTube that I'm going to take down because I said some stuff in there that they'll cancel me over <laughs> nowadays but um and and I look back at it and this video was like like 15 years ago, I, I recorded this video and I'm just like, well, if Monique can have a show and Wendy Williams can have a show, like I can have a show. Like, you know, like not to downplay them, but I'm like, I think that I'm that good. Like, you know, um, and then nobody does anything alone. Like if I was at that level, I'd have help and support and everything too. So I'm like, I definitely could do a talk show. I have, I have a, a decent personality. Um, and the podcast just came about, I was help. I went on one podcast, someone asked me to be on a podcast and I was like, this is actually fun, like, you know, um, but I still was not trying to do my own podcast, um, 
and they asked me to help them with their podcast, so I was all for it. Um, but their work ethic and their time management was just all over the place. So mm. I'm just like, I can help you with that, but this has got to happen too, you know? And mm-hmm. they were thinking that I was wrong. They were trying to do so much with so little time, and I'm like, that's just impossible. And I'm like, yeah. And then they started talking stuff on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, if this is about me, you can at me. Because, <laughs> like, because I feel like this is about me because it just, who else is this about? Like, you know? Um, so then I was telling two of my friends um, about it, my person that does my uh, pictures, my photographer, and then my hairstylist. And they're like, well, you should just do your own podcast. And I'm like, nah. And I was like, so against it. Like, was like, nah, like, I can't do that. And then my my photographer friend, he gave me a mic. And it was just like, at this point, it's too easy not to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason why I shouldn't do it. And um, so I'm just like, okay, well, let's just do it. So I went on the air and it was, the, the premise of the podcast is completely different than what I'm doing now. <laughs> um, uh, and um, at the end of it, I did gave like some life coach tips and stuff, and I realized that that was getting more traction. And mm. one of my good friends, Georgia Rain, who's also an artist, she um, had posted something about like being people who are lying about whatever. I guess you could just create your own story. And I was like, huh, like that's the perfect name for it, create your own story, because you really, at the end of the day, unless you really know somebody, know somebody, people can tell you whatever they want, and you have no other choice that's what social media is like when you think about it um keeping up with the kardashians now instead of the joneses back then you know that's just what it is so um and that's just it just fell into place and then like things just started happening and i'm just like okay yeah three years in now and you know i'm just i'm i'm happy to be here (laughs) and i get to talk to you guys in my dream like i growing up as a kid i don't know if you I mean, you you sing, but even just as a kid, I never knew what I wanted to do. All I knew is I wanted to help people, and I like I love music, and I wanted to help artists. And um, one of them had a, another musical guest on one time, and she was like, "Oh, well, you're living your dream." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She felt like, "Well, like you kind of have a show, and you're helping artists." And I'm just like, "Oh, snaps!" Like, so sometimes, like when things are in front of us, we don't realize that we're don't really realize yeah, it. yeah. We're, we're, we're walking in our purpose and we don't realize it so with that being said do you what do you feel that your your purpose is in life my purpose in life you know that's so crazy that you ask it because i've been having these conversations with god because i believe that your purpose changes you know like you accomplish things um you know, and for me, I used to be like, oh, my purpose is to be a singer. That's all I've ever wanted to be. I wanted to be a singer, a mother, and a wife. I've, I, I am a mother. I am a singer. I've been a wife. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, it's kind of like, okay, maybe it wasn't the way that I dreamed it up, but maybe I didn't ask for it. But as you say that um, your your purpose is to help people, I believe that that is my purpose as well. However, I believe I'm to help people through my gift. And I don't want to just say of music, but writing my artistry, like my gifts and my talents. Like, you know, we're like, oh, you have this gift and you have this amazing voice, right? What I've realized literally in maybe the past year or two is that 
my gift isn't for me. It is for everyone else. Like your gift isn't, if God gives you a gift, it's not like, oh, God gave me this gift. Like, no, it's like, it's your God-given gift to share with the world or however many individuals he allows. So I'm in this space now where I understand that, you know, people say, oh, I did an interview some odd years back and they said, do you think that your music is too real and too honest? And I was like, no, I think that my, my music is for people who, get it the way that I get it. Like most of my music is my story or a story of someone who was very close to me. And so you're getting the honesty out of all of it, but it's not just my story. You know, you just talked about, I can't leave. And actually I can't leave wasn't something that I started. Um, one of my closest friends, Timmy started writing it because it was this guy that I just could not leave alone. And Timmy was like, this is you and him right here. And you do the one I gave my heart to and all you did was hurt me, yeah. told me last backseat and he like he was dating this other lady that was a celebrity or whatever. I'm gonna say lady because she was older. And um and I was just like, that is. And we but that was my story. Yeah. Hold up, I gotta get my charger because my phone is going to die. I'm right here. You can keep going. It's no. right here. You broke up. Oh, I knew you were going to say something. I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna say something. Oh, no. And I was saying that 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 was just my story. And so the the ability when people say like, oh, my God, Paula, this touched me like I went to a wedding um, November of last year and the photographer was like, we named our daughter. Paula, because we made her to you make me, and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> really? That's so wild to yes. me. So, or how does it feel to this day? I mean, older women, younger women, teenagers—you know—that probably like two when it came out is just like, oh my god, like this helped me, and I got over my boyfriend, and that's how I feel, and I'm just like, really. Because how does it feel is true. Yeah. Like, it's all true. Janika and Nikki, they real. They real people. <laughs> they don't like me no more. Well, they ain't like me in the first place. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, it's a real, it's, it was a real story. I feel that. I love that. What, um, what do you think? Well, pause. Can we expect more music from you? Like an EP of some sort? Yes, I'm actually done an EP. So everybody's like, just do this girlfriend remix. Let's see what we do with that. But I'm like gun ho on an EP. And I'm just like, I don't care. And now I'm like, I don't care about the market. I don't care about this. Like, P, just wait. So um, we are gearing up to do the EP and a compilation as well. So, um, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, it's been so, like, the last body of work we had was the mixtape. Yeah, the Dream Maker mixtape, yes. and we took that down. Yes, and I, I got it. Uh, <laughs> but what's so funny, I remember the whatever song that we were talking about earlier. I don't know why, but I have the version that doesn't have any watermarks on it because you sent it to me. But I don't remember why I needed it or asked for it. This is years Which, uh, ago. The, the, the uh, so, Soon As I Get Home yeah, remake. remake. Yeah, um, but I don't know why. 
I, I, I'm trying to remember, but I know that I have it because. Oh, whatever. That's yeah, what it was called. Whatever. But um, I don't know why I. I don't know why, but I asked for it. And there was for a reason. I almost remember you asking me. You asked me for it on Twitter. Yes. It was so many years ago, though. Because there was like three of you guys. And I was like, why are they asking for whatever? Like, fine. <laughs> and you sent it to me. And it was the. Un- but I just remember you saying, I don't know why I asked for it, though. Like, I don't. Because I have the, the mixtape, so I don't... I Maybe don't you just wanted to listen to it without the watermark. We all do. <laughs> I'm glad mixtapes are gone and we have EPs now. <laughs> um, but um, you have to be there for the people that are younger and listening. <laughs> They're like, what is a mixtape? <laughs> um, but I have two more questions, and I'm going to play one more record. Um, one of the okay. questions, um, or three more questions, one of them, and I love to ask this question, um, to artists. Uh, so if you were in the Guinness Bo- Guinness Book of World Records for any one of your songs, and it doesn't have to be the one that charted the most or whatever, but what song would you put in there and why? Does it have to be a song that I wrote? No, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a song you wrote. Well, I want to do two then because I want to do my own song <laughs> that I wrote and then I'll do um, a different record. It would be... Um, one, how does it feel? Uh, how does it feel? Not just because I wrote it, but because it was one of the most honest things. And then it is not, um, it is not typical music. Like it's out of sync. Everybody, nobody wanted to sign me because they were like, it doesn't even make sense musically. Like the timing's off. This is off. This doesn't work. And because it was so honest, it was just, it's just a beat. It's Baltimore. Um, I'm the. I'm still, I believe, the only independent female R&B artist to have consecutive airplay across the Mid Atlantic, which pretty much means from like New York down to the Carolinas, um, to have airplay on those radio stations like consecutively. Um, and so I that that's a record for me already, though nobody's recording it. Like that's a record, but um, outside of that. I think that that record in itself is so much bigger than even I can imagine. Like, I think even today, if How Does It Feel got what it needed, it's so much bigger than even what I can imagine it is supposed to be. Um, The other one is a song that Neo wrote, and it's called Wish It Was That Easy. And I just think it's just so beautiful. It got taken down. Yeah, yeah, because that's the one song I don't have. I was like, I need to look on YouTube and see if it's on there somewhere. Um, but I do remember that, and I used to listen to that religiously. And then one day I went to go listen to it, and it was grayed out. I said, Oh, they took it off Apple Music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is a beautiful record. Um, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I'm not going to play that record. Uh, one song I'm going to play, and then I'm going to ask you this one last question after I play the record. It's one of my favorites. It's off the DreamWorks album. Um, I don't know if you had wrote on this record, but I know that Candace Nelson does. Um, and it's Cry a Crying Tonight. It's Crying Tonight, Candace. No, that's Typewriter. She told well, I spoke to Candace. She said that she had wrote on it, so I'm not No, that's Typewriter. Yeah, that's Typewriter. That's uh that's Carbon and Ivan and, and uh yeah, Crystal. I'm gonna tell Candace. I'm gonna talk to her now. Candace 
wrote on uh, Hit List. Yeah, Candace wrote on a couple songs, but Crying Tonight is actually, uh, that was Philly. I did that in Philly. Shout out to Ty Ryder. I know her. Um, but we're going to play that. I love the record. Um, and it's uh, it's another empowerment record. I, you actually have a lot of women empowerment records. That's like your Thanks. niche. Like, <laughs> if you didn't Thanks, know, man. that's your niche. Like, um, And not a lot of artists are usually all over the place, but I think that your music is very much in sync and you knowing what you wanted to do from the jump. Um, yeah. And that's a good thing because it's not, it's not always. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's crying tonight, and we're gonna get into it right now. You know, I used to sit up and cry over you. I mean, I used to break down at night over you. I ain't, I ain't crying no more. Nah, check it. Cooked your dinner, washed your clothes. Do you remember that? I swear I. You're taking me for granted, push your insecurities on me I try to ignore it, baby And more and more I get pushed aside Cause I'm not what you want me to be So I'm packing and leaving Somebody's gonna be crying tonight You know you hurt me, but it ain't gonna be me Gonna be me, gonna be me You're gonna be the one that's dying inside You're gonna be the one that because like and you see this on social media all the time like guys will do certain things to women but when the woman tries to leave or they do the same thing that men can't take it and as a life coach I know for a fact and it's been scientifically proven that men are actually more sensitive than women at nature in nature um, but because of how society makes people think that or guys think that they're supposed to be this macho or tough or whatever but deep down inside, they, most guys are pretty sensitive. You just don't, you know? So, yeah. Um, and that usually happens when the woman finally is not going to take whatever anymore that the men can't handle it no more. And, then they, yeah. and they always come running back. <laughs> but one of my questions is what do you feel that life is teaching you right now? Hmm. Life? is teaching me right now we say that but we never really believe this 
life is teaching me right now that literally anything is possible. That's that's so true. Yeah, the podcast I've had like, and I was telling you before we started recording that your first artist that I wanted was you to be on the podcast. It was you and Samo. And I remember telling my cousin when I first started it, we had the episode, and I was like, if I had, there's like obviously my over all over time dream guest was is Janet Jackson. Want Janet Jackson. Oh. And, it, and the reason why... Who doesn't want Jackson? Yeah. And the reason why is because, like, I literally study her interviews and how she answers certain questions. Like, she's had so much media training. She's been doing this for longer than I've been alive. Um, her entire life. And, like, there's certain things that, like, she knows how to answer the question without answering the question at all. So, like, I want to be able to sit down with her and just have, like, even if it's not recorded. Uh, just to get like the real like where you know it's like a raw interview because even like with her um, documentary that she released last year like I'm like okay that's cool Janet but I know you left a whole bunch out of here <laughs> uh, so you just told us what you wanted us to give everything in the time frame but that's I true. thought it was a good documentary. oh no the documentary was amazing um, and my mom's like her favorite artist is Janet Jackson and I've had the chance to see Janet live super amazing but she's doing like arena shows and I'm like Janet you, Beyonce, like, I can only afford one. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, and I was like, I've seen you already, so the money gun will have to go to Beyonce unless I win a contest. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that, but you um, I, and Samo, I don't know if you know who that artist is, Samo. I feel like I've heard the name, but I'm not quite he's familiar newer, with. He's a newer, like, R&B artist, and his music is, like, I do know what it is. I do. Yes, yeah, I, I do. I do. Yeah, okay. Because I've like, seen him on Instagram. Yes, he's I think hilarious. Follow him. He's hilarious, though. But, like, his music is, like, it's not gospel music, but it is at the same time some songs. So I don't always refer to it as, like, oh, he sings gospel music for specifically for the singers. <laughs> and, you know, because, like, some of the songs, it'll start off completely different than where it ends. And I'm like, oh, dang, like, this is about God. And I didn't even realize it at first, like... So, and I was like, and I got him on within three months of doing the podcast. And I was just like, oh, oh wow. Yeah. And I don't know if you've had this happen to you, but like when you reach a goal or dream kind of easily or so fast that like, not that it didn't mean a lot to me, but it was like, oh, it, it was too easy. Like, I, I felt like I should have had worked harder for it and mm. got it. So it was kind of like, I didn't, I didn't really appreciate it as much because I didn't feel like I'd deserved it at that time mm, okay I don't know yeah if i can see if i don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that not, not really but i know i've heard people say that a lot let me say yeah. that you're not the first or the yeah. fourth <laughs> um yeah so i i really i really felt that way and i go back and listen to it and i'm like oh the podcast was amazing and i got to talk to one of my favorite artists you know so like it did what it needed to do but i'm just like huh, like i wish i don't know i don't i don't know not so, and I never know, like, you never know when you meet these artists or how it's going to be, like, you know, some, and they always say never meet people that, you know, you want to meet so bad because it could be something bad. I personally haven't experienced that, thank God, but. Um, I have, have. but, <laughs> yeah, but, I, but I've definitely met some people that I wanted to meet and it's been amazingly beautiful. So, you know, people are going people, as my dad likes yeah. to say. Yeah, I think the person that I met that. I don't know if you've met her, but Erica Campbell, when I say the most genuine person I've ever met in my life, 
Um, it was just so sweet and so like that are amazing though. Yeah, like exactly. they really are just amazing people. people. Yeah, and I was just and like and I've never felt that like for that short a minute time, the three minutes that we talked, like I genuinely felt like she actually cared about who I was and what I was doing. Like nothing else mattered around. And I'm like, I want to be like that. Like I want to give off that when I talk to people. So like, you know, because a lot of times we talk to people and then you can, they're not really paying attention or they are, but they're not really so engaged. And I just, I don't know what, yeah. what quality that is. I don't know how to possess that. I don't know how to work on that, but I want to be able to give off that when I talk to people. Um, yeah. But my last thing, it's not a question so more as it is uh, something that I want you to do. And I have everybody that comes on do this. Um, so a lot of times in life, we always give kudos to people and we tell them about how they accomplish things and we give them gratitude and thanks. But I want you to take the time out right now and do that for yourself for whatever you've accomplished or things that you've gotten through. I want you to thank yourself and give yourself kudos. Hmm, I would have to give myself kudos for being an amazing mother. Let me just say that. Like, I don't know if I do anything else right, but I'm the mother in me. I'm the shit. That's <laughs> that's, awesome. that's it. Like, that's all pats on my back. Um, for being an awesome friend, um, I think, wow, I was never taught how to be a friend until I met my best friend, but there's something in me that is just like an awesome friend. Um, like when I die, my flowers will say mother and friend. I know this already. If it doesn't, then I'm coming back. I'm haunted. <laughs> but, um, and then just for overcoming the obstacles and the naysayers, um, for having the faith of a mustard seed and still moving forward in what I believe God told me sink or swim continuing on so kudos to myself for just never laying down that's amazing that's amazing yeah i i can agree with the friend thing on my part it's funny that you said that because i was talking to my little cousin today and i was saying uh, so he had a traumatic brain injury um oh, yeah he got into a bad motorcycle accident he's doing a lot better now with the certain things that he doesn't remember and right before his accident we had we had a falling out like and we didn't talk for like three years um but we had made up right before his accident so when i was talking to him today i'm like do you remember us falling out <laughs> and he doesn't remember it at, at all and he's like well, what was it about and i was like to be honest with you like i because sometimes you know when time goes on you don't remember i was like but even in that moment i did not understand why we were even fighting like, so I couldn't even tell you if, it, if I wanted to. And I was like, but something that he said in the um, in our fight was like, oh, well, you go through friends like underwear. And at that time, I'm just like, I was just like, mm, okay, he telling the truth. I do go through friends really easily, like easily. But um, I was talking to him today and I was just like, you said that. But like at the time, like when I make friends with people, I feel like I'm so good to them. But like something, the friendships never really last and then today I was telling him, I'm like, I come to realize that, like, I make certain friends that I, that need something from me. And not in a negative way, but just need something for me to help them in certain types of way. And once that, I've done that helping, that the friendship just dissolves. No bad blood or anything like that. And I'm like, so I was like, I've come to realize that, that maybe that's the purpose of me making so many friends is to 
be able to provide some type of comfort or some, something for these people. And before I used to be sad about it, but now I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Cause I'd be like, God, I don't, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, um, so I, I, I agree with that. That better be on my tombstone too. <laughs> But I just want to thank you so, so, so much for doing the podcast and coming on and telling, thank you for having me. telling a little bit of your story to the to the world and sharing some of your records. Um, so we know that we're expecting Girlfriend around February. Um, what else can we expect for you and you said the EP? Is there anything else that we can expect sooner? Well, hopefully this movie will get picked up, and we'll be working on that. So, and um, actually, tomorrow I'm starting. Um, I'm shooting a pilot. I can't say the name of the show that I'm shooting a pilot for, but I'll be shooting a pilot for the next um, almost two months now. So tomorrow morning starts the beginning. Well, we caught you just in time then. (laughs) Well, yeah. Thanks again, and don't say hopefully. You got to speak things into existence. But when it does, I will let you know when it happens. Well, thanks again so much, Paula. We'll be looking out for that record. And tell them where they can find you. Okay. You can find me at Paula Campbell Everything. So my IG is Paula Campbell. My Twitter is Paula Campbell. My TikTok is the Paula Campbell, I think. I'm trying to build up my TikTok. I still don't really get it, but I'm kind of catching the hang of it. Facebook is Paula Campbell. So... Paula Campbell, Paula Campbell, Paula Campbell. I also have a I am Paula Campbell, which is my main Facebook. But either way. Yes, I know that TikTok, I, I, I'm I still young, but I don't even be getting it, to be honest with you. Uh, was- like, who has time to be making these videos? Like, <laughs> it really be like that. But again, thanks so much. Um, and again, everybody follow Paula Campbell. You know where you can find me, Terrell Garnett, on everything. Um, and look out for my ebook and my workbook coming out soon. See you guys soon. And that is all we have for you today. Check us next time. Create your own story with Terrell Garnett.